Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Way back in the day, Brian Hooper and I started this show um, as pillars of the League of Legends community. And one thing that, you know, was really chapping our asses in that community was the toxicity. And one of the tentpole missions of Lowell's ever since then has been removing toxicity in various spaces. And there's a lot of toxicity going on in the poker world these days. And today, Brian and I, not only are we going to dive into it, but we're going to do our best to remove it, to eliminate the toxicity. This is Lowell's. Let's do it. I, does he think... I it's think he thinks goat. this. He thinks this is a goat. Vegas Dave thinks this is a goat. Hot naked girls doing yoga. What? Why don't you just win like a man? Random.org. <laughs> Type in one for yes, two for no. And let the DFS guys pick for you. And I'm absolutely begging you not to do bus. <laughs> Please don't do bus. Hello, what is up? ATX is excited. Daniel making his first live show in two years. Holy cow, long time listener, first time live viewer. Welcome, Daniel. Paul, indeed, I am on my road to 15K. My giveaway challenge for best ball drafts definitely helping me out there. Almost a 13K. No draft on today's show, but we would love it if you subscribed, if you liked, if you commented. GM, yes, I owe. We're going to talk some poker drama today. Brian, how are you doing? Good. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, I mean, what's so funny is like we we often talk, and I feel like over the past month we've said this stuff of like DFS needs more beefs. Like you look at the poker world, which we all agree is a much bigger market, much bigger demographic, but they just have far more interesting stuff going on, constant heads up for roles, all of this stuff. Although very recently in the past couple of days, we've started to see kind of like the dark underbelly of this stuff where more and more people are feeling bullied. People are feeling kind of marginalized and basically like the dark side of what comes from this manufactured drama, if you will. And I want to talk a bit about the Phil Galfon post, um, largely about Doug Polk, but in general, what is your thoughts about some of the conversation that's bubbled up in the poker world the past few days? I think the combination of poker and social media is the, is the main difference. Yeah. There, there, there used to be drama all the time on two plus two back in the day, but it's not the same. It doesn't hit like it is now. Like, uh, you know, making videos about each other that get 200,000 views and stuff like that. That just, that was not happening before, but there was some pretty, pretty juicy drama back in the day. I think the difference yeah. is social media. Yeah, I think so. And I, and I do think there's, there's two types of drama, right? Like there's the type where someone says, uh, you suck at poker. I'm better than you. And they say, yeah. well, you suck at poker. I'm better than you. Let's put it to the test with real money on the line. And I think we all agree that's all fair game. And that's very fun and entertaining. Even like the Polk Negranu stuff, any of these heads up for roles challenges are super entertaining from that perspective. But I think what Phil Galfond has been highlighting is how some of this has turned more into like, I would equate it to like poli uh, 
political campaigning, like smear campaigns, where you're making almost ad hominem attacks, you're attacking people's appearance, you know, you're going below the belt um, in a way that kind of is veered away from what made the poker drama fun in the first place. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a combination of personal attacks and business related too, which is new. Mm. Uh, I guess, I mean, card runners, deuces crack. There was, there was sites back then. They weren't, I don't think they were the money makers. They are now uh, card runners probably made a shit ton of money, but there's a combination of business, business interests and personal vendettas. It's got a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> so this this is a funny question for pigskin to ask is pete the polk of dfs uh no uh i i think if you were to you try to do a very weak poor man's analogy i would say i'm probably more joey ingram of dfs uh than polk i think is a better comparison yeah yeah i think i think you're still different than than there, there's not a lot of developed media personalities in either of them honestly so true yeah the I in the thing so about the Polk stuff, right? In this post that Phil Galfound wrote, it's called the Elephant in the Room. If you go to his uh, Twitter account, it's pinned, and I can drop it in the link here. Um, it's a long post, but when he gets to kind of the meat of it, it's basically him saying, "I've kind of sat on the sidelines for far too long." He knows that his voice has weight in the poker industry, and he also is at a position where he doesn't have to fear retribution from the Twitter eggs, from the Doug Polk army. And he basically speaks out and says, you know, what Doug Polk has been doing with his platform, it has equated to direct bullying. And there's been lots of trickle down harmful effects in the poker community that have since been normalized because it happens repeatedly. And I realized reading it, I was like, you're right. Cause I'm a Doug Polk fan. I got to know Doug Polk a little bit when I was doing my uh, King of the Hill stuff with poker night in America as man's. And when stuff happens, it's like the analogy, right, with the frog. If you toss him into boiling water, he jumps out. But if you slowly turn up the heat, the frog just dies because he doesn't recognize. And it was kind of the, you know what, now that you say it, a lot of the stuff he is doing is very mean, very bullying. And I didn't realize it until someone kind of like poured cold water on your face with it. It doesn't. I mean, this happens a lot of the time, too, where it, when it's in your self-interest, for this guy to succeed and stuff like that. You might be a little quiet. You might not say, you might not come out and say it, not just that he's got a big platform and can attack you too. It's like, you know, maybe they want to be friends with him, use some of his influence, things like that. And they don't, they don't say anything. It, I mean, I thought it was pretty, I, he, I could, I could understand. I've watched a decent amount of his content. I don't know the man. I don't know any of the details here, but we're this is a we're doing a gossip thing here. So I'll just that's what we do around. Yeah. Here. So he he kind of I could see by watching him some of it. I could under I could be like, okay, I could believe he's an asshole. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I could believe he's 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 uh I don't know if it's sociopaths the word. And I think uh, that Galfan that Galfan was a lot, little bit of. Uh, What's that meme? You know, um, I ain't reading all that mean. I'm happy for you though. Oh, like it was yeah, a yeah. little long. <laughs> so well, I skimmed some of it, but he says in there, he doesn't think, I think he says in there, he doesn't think he's a sociopath, which is worse because then that means he's like calculating this, all this stuff. I was the same as you. I was reading it late at, <laughs> at, at night and I was like, I need to go to bed. And I'm like, but I yeah. got to read this. And I was just skimming until I got to the Doug Polk stuff, because that was right. the part I wanted to read. And that's not to take anything away from Phil. Phil's a very smart thinker. <laughs> he articulates his thoughts well, but I was like, 
I am. <laughs> I'm taking it away. Sorry. It was too fucking long. It's like, what yeah. is a good person? Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, okay, Phil. Okay, Phil. Yeah. yeah. What does it um, mean to be moral? Yeah. <laughs> like, all right, guy. But right, I, guy. I understand. So I think the reason he did that, um, probably two reasons. One, he like wanted to share his full range of thoughts. But two, you're, you, you have to kind of soften the blow, right? He didn't want to start out the post with Doug Polk is a big bully and he must be stopped. Right. Right. Like right. that, that yeah. he wanted to, he wanted to ease into it. You do a little calisthenics, a, a little warm up. It's also very modern language, bullying, blah, blah, blah. And all, and, and, you know, you can't just say like this guy, this guy's a piece of shit, you know, or whatever. Uh, yeah. And so like, I, I want to get into like a couple things about it because um, a couple of the comments are hitting on this right now. Drama is what gets views. And that's what Doug has always struck me as. Doug is, and in, in, in Phil spells this out as well. He's very savvy. He's very good at marketing. He's very good at YouTube, search engine optimization. He knows what levers to pull to get eyeballs on things that he can either make money from or that he benefits from. And so if you set that as like the table stakes, you start to realize like everything he does is to generate views, downloads, and potentially, you know, subscriptions to upswing, yada, yada. And so in that way, it is like very calculated. I think a lot of these things, do I think Doug Polk gives a shit about Charlie Carroll at all? I don't, but it's a conversation piece of fodder that he knows will generate views, generate interest and put him and his properties under the limelight. Do you agree with that kind of basis, basic premise? Sure. I also think there's like an element of he is a winner, like, um, you know, or whatever, like someone who gets really good at things and people yeah. who do that obsess. And he just probably and I, I like when people switch from poker or different industries and then and then and succeed at it. You know, a lot of guys have, have done this and other things. So like when he switched over to he was kind of like more of a full time uh, crypto streamer there for a while, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, and I, I think it's cool when you, when guys get into different things and succeed and, and they don't have to go back to the, the corporate gig, you know, or something. I, th yeah. I always, I always kind of respect that. So I think just his personality makes him good at whatever he's obsessing with at the time. And yeah. so I don't know if like necessarily that's like, okay, he's, he's good at, he's good at this stuff. Therefore he's gonna, he could just shit on anyone where maybe that's just part of the process of of being good at YouTube. And then this yeah. Charlie guy just got in his sights. But I can't remember if he says in here too he had a vendetta against that guy. Uh, against Charlie? Yeah. I think there's – and he mentions Justin Bonomo in here. And just from my outside view, I think like guys like Justin and Charlie – get categorized as these like woke virtual virtue signaling types within the poker community. And I think that like rubs a lot of people the wrong way. And a lot of the, I would say like Vanessa Selps generally fell in that category too, where I see like the kind of conversations that pop up on Twitter and these guys are kind of like battling. Um, and so it does seem like maybe ideologically they're, they're different. And so it's like an easy target. If you're like my audience rolls their eyes at this kind of behavior if I shine a light on one of the more absurdist things within this realm, I know that's going to play very well from everybody getting their popcorn kind of standpoint. Mm. Your cut the Andrew says in the comments that Charlie's anti-woke. 
Oh, really? Okay, then I'm completely uh yeah. I'm completely out of Because I I've okay. also seen Polk say some what was his campaign against the governor? Oh, the wasn't one in it, Vegas? Yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. She, she wanted to open yeah. the casinos and he wanted them shut or something. Okay. Yeah, I that was so long ago. Yeah, I, I, can't, I forgot I, about that. Yeah. I can't remember. There's been so many poker controversies. I can't keep track. But I, I guess too, like thinking about it again from the clinic, a, a lot of it, what it reminded me of, and, and someone said here in the chat, um, is it Polk's fault? Um, where is this? Is it Polk's fault that other people act poorly? And another place you'll see this is I immediately thought of Dave Portnoy in Barstool, where a lot of times what happens is say someone writes a hit piece about Barstool or somebody, you know, offends Barstool or whatever yeah. it may be. And they come out. And they say, look at this idiot, quote, yeah. retweet, look at this dumb article. And then what happens is the masses, because he has a very, you know, rabid fan base, all pile on the original poster. And the same playbook happens every time. And you go, oh, I was just like calling out that this was ridiculous. I'm not responsible for my audience saying death threats or bullying or yeah. saying all these horrible things. I didn't do that. And it's like, at some point you are responsible for weaponizing your audience. Yeah, I you know, honestly, I kind of like that he does that or when people do that like if you know, if you're going to write an unfair article about me, I'm sure shit going to say something. Right. I mean, I don't have a and if I imagine if I had like 3.7 million followers, some idiots are going to be idiots, but uh he now Portnoy might specifically might be doing something, I don't know. I don't know the, the like maybe you're you're dead on, he's he's like really uh causing issues, but just generally speaking, I think you got me more on the side of Doug really quickly there because of like, if someone's attacking him and stuff like that, like, Hey, fuck you game on then pal. But the way one of the, the whole Charlie Carroll thing and the way it transpired was he kept making these same jokes over and over and inferring something that was clearly not true. So and I think it is, if you're, yeah, go ahead. Cut you, Cause this is kind of reminds me of, of us and you is like, uh, the just keep the bit going so like it now i know he says in there that he assumes that he knew eventually at some point he knew but he kept doing the bit so if that's true that's different but if he doesn't know and the bit is some guy who i don't care about who attacked me is a, a pedophile or whatever it is that's the bit and then you just do it over and over again. Pedophile is pretty fucking hardcore, but you know what I mean? Like if something, whatever the bit is, and you just keep, keep laying into it. Like Davis is 15 years old. I do all the time, you know, something like that. Yeah. And I just keep doing it. I don't care. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, obviously that's more friendly. Is it, is it, do you think there's an element of that? Like it's just his bit and he says it all the time or is it yeah, just but... pure mal maliciousness? Well, it's it's somewhere in between. I feel like the maliciousness is a byproduct of being like a calculated marketer and someone who knows how to like drum up controversy and get people talking and placing yourself in the center of that controversy. Like on a, if you look at say on the more like benign side of it, things like you know he's drumming up these million dollar heads up challenges, saying anyone wants to come play at the lodge. The whole reason he's doing that is because it's great promotion for the lodge. And so once you see how his brain works, then you reverse engineer it. And it's like, this is a byproduct of him trying to accomplish those end goals. The, what about the Negrano thing? So th this kind of yeah. combines those two things you just said. So the bit is good. 
like Negreanu fucked up. Morake isn't yeah. better. It's you could do that bit for a long time. I'm sorry, that's a good bit. It it makes sense. Negreanu shouldn't have done it. But the challenge and everything, how it played out, rubbed rubbed me personally the wrong way. Like I felt that Negreanu just paid this guy a million dollars to fucking get him to leave him alone, essentially. And and so like at a certain point, it's not right. But I mean, when that happened in the beginning, I was still more into poker, and I was like, "What the fuck is Negreanu doing? Like, clearly he's shilling this and rationalizing this." And so, like, just to do the more—I mean, the more more rake is better. Everyone was doing that bit back then. Everyone yeah. you would t- you would see it on Twitter. Everyone would do that bit. Oh, because well, more more rake's better. You say it sarcastically to all your poker buddies, and so like it wasn't just polk, but eventually it did turn sour and like. In my opinion, anyways. But now, like, apparently they're best buddies and their wives are friends. So, like. Right. And so the one one thing I think about, too, with two elements of this, right? With beefing, too, there's a punching up and punching down thing. And, I mean, Polk is massive in poker, but Negron is still bigger. Um, and so at least he was, like, punching up there. When you talk about, like, the Charlie stuff, you're definitely punching down. So that's an element of it. And then two, I really do think people can determine a beef on their own accord. Like Negranu is very active online. He's very talkative. He wants to be having these conversations. And so he was yapping back about all this stuff. Initially with the more rake is better. He doubled down. He was trying to like wiggle out of it. But if you just go quiet and you were basically saying, I don't want to be a part of this, then a one-sided beef truly is bullying. And that did start to seem kind of like what the Charlie Carroll stuff was. Whereas if you're constantly engaging in debate and going back and forth, to me, it's like fair game. But if you're shutting down and you're saying, this is having a detrimental effect on my life and I'm done with this and you keep piling on, that's when it veers into bullying for me. Okay. Did you, so did you think the Granu then was bullying? No, I see. I'm saying the opposite there. I'm saying because Negreanu was continuing to talk because he was willing to oh, debate. Okay. I agree to you that he he kind of in a way got like backed into a corner where he basically had to accept that challenge. But to me, it felt more fair game punching up a guy who wanted to continue to engage in the dialogue. Like that to me seemed fair game. Engage in the dialogue, I might agree with you. The punching up and down, I don't I don't really agree with that premise in generally speaking. Like if some guy who has 16 followers a total fucking asshole to me online, like I have every right to respond to him however I f- see fit. Doesn't matter if he has 16 it, but it, followers. That, that makes you look like if I see you going back, whenever I see someone going back and forth with an egg or a comment troll, I think way worse of the person giving any time to that person than I do the troll. That's you. I mean, you could think that, but I don't think punch, I mean, which is fine too, but I don't think that punching down then there means anything. Like yeah. it's like somebody's being a jerk to you. You can, you could respond to them if you want. I don't think there's any, it's like, Oh man, I wish you had 10,000 followers. Then I could say something to you. <laughs> like, no, no, you could say something bad to me. And also like, yeah. just because somebody has a lot of followers, doesn't mean I could say whatever I want to them or, you know, like no. if the, eventually now the guy has 10,000 followers and he's a jerk to me, he's like, finally, now I can respond to you. <laughs> like, I don't know, but I, I more mean in the optics of how it's going to scan in the public, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, Like sure. if Portnoy and Joe Rogan go at it, that's like fair game. Like just, these are two Titans. They, they go at it. If Portnoy is going after someone who has a blog with a hundred readers and is constantly piling on and his audience is all in the comments and blah, blah, blah. Like that is a bad use of your platform. Like regardless of what leg you have to stand on. 
sure fair enough i but i also i just don't think there's anything wrong with defending yourself against somebody who has less followers or yeah and i think there's something wrong with somebody who has more followers than you feeling because this also happens people a lot yeah. of people feel like oh you got a bunch of followers i could just say whatever i want to you now i could just do whatever i want to you you know what i mean it's like well, that doesn't that's not right it doesn't make yeah but think about it this way like if you you use the word defend like, do you really have to defend yourself to some small little fish who's saying something where does it really matter what they're saying? I feel like if you shine a spotlight on it, it's almost saying, hey, there's a kernel of truth to this and it's upsetting me. Whereas I would just ignore something that was minuscule from someone who didn't have a big audience that if I didn't think it was valid. No, you cer you certainly don't have to do, do yeah. anything. Um, but like, you know, the effect, like the Portnoy effect thing could happen too, where this guy might change his behavior going forward, which would benefit society as a whole where yeah. you don't stop, stop talking shit to people. Um, and it could be a trolling situation where you're getting played and by reacting, you're right. You shouldn't react and optically maybe it looks bad, but I, I mean, I, I don't know. I just don't subscribe to the whole punching up, punching down thing in general. Um, like, I don't, I don't get it. Like, in comedy, I don't get it either. Like, I think if it's a funny joke, it's a funny joke. But I, I do think you have to acknowledge it in this dynamic with Galfon because he's specifically saying part of the reason I feel like I need to speak out is because I'm punching across and that I'm one of the few people in the poker community that doesn't have to worry about financial or reputational blowback from getting in a larger scale beef. With Doug Polk. He's like, he can attack me on his channel. Like my company will be fine. I'll have plenty of people come to my defense. I do think being on that level playing field is why he felt empowered to write that post. That doesn't make any sense either. Like if he had 5,000 people, he shouldn't say something. When he I'm not saying he shouldn't, but I'm saying he specifically wrote why he felt the need. And it was because he's one of the few people that like, if someone comes out they are going to get trolled. They are going to have their stuff clipped up into a video and piled on. And he's saying, I'm at a place in my life where that's not going to impact me in the way it is impacting Charlie and whoever else. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying. I like the, the whole general uh, sentiment too, is also like, why now? Why not say something before? Um, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know if I buy that where it's like, oh, well, because we're, I mean, I get that he, that just the obvious, uh, obvious logical inference that he has a lot of followers. So Poe can't hurt him as badly as someone who has less followers than him. But just, you know, if you see some, somebody and you have inside information of someone who's serially abusing people, I don't think it matters how many followers you have. You should probably say something. Yeah. Yeah. But I think he, you could tell that there was a bit of guilt in his own post of saying, I, I wish I would have spoke up about this sooner in this idea of like, we've all allowed this to be somewhat normalized going back again to the frog thing and in, in, in boiling water and basically being like, all right, now, yes, this is better late than never kind of was what the tone I got from his post. That's a good, that's a good, a solid reason to, to, to not come out is, like the first one, what am I going to do? You know, the second one, it's like, do I want to make a big deal out of it? And then the third one, it's like, okay, this is going over the line. And then the fourth one, it's like, I got to fucking say something now. So I think that's a perfectly valid reason for not saying anything yet. And uh, we didn't, I don't think, but I still don't think we needed the uh, 
18 pages of <laughs> morality and, and what it is to thing, be a good person. I'm just thinking about this more. And one thing that actually juxtaposes this in a good way is you mentioned Doug when he had his foray into doing a ton of crypto streaming and what he had a ton of success with and he blew up his account on the back of was exposing scammers in the crypto community there was the bitconnect guys there were the uh, the kids who were like shilling the altcoins and he just went hard on those guys and it and it did feel like fair game right because if you're like a scammer and you're getting exposed to me you are doing the public a service and you were doing it in a funny way of being like these guys are trying to steal money from you and also i'm going to make fun of what douchebags or how dumb they are in poker we just talked about how outside of heads up for rolls those kind of opportunities don't come along as much. So if you're trying to manufacture drama in a target to go after, the pickings are more slim. And if you keep pushing the buttons, you know that will work. In poker, you end up landing on some targets that probably shouldn't be targeted okay. for content purposes, I think would be how I think Here, he ended up there. Here's one I thought was really strange and i'm looking through the article i'm trying to find the guy's name but maybe you could you could remember do you remember when polk had a video about a relationship with another poker player he had that fell apart does this Man, ring that a bell might, that might even be before i started and watching. yeah he talked about like how this guy was demeaning to him and they had like a some a bank like he he owed him money um it was – I'm trying to find the name of it because I know he mentions a bunch of people he called out. Okay. And I think he was one of them, which which you insinuate from Phil that it was actually Polk bullying this guy. Mm. And I, I can't remember his name. Maybe somebody in the comments knows who I'm talking about. It was another poker player, like, you know, one of those old school guys. They were all, you know, in that little – that group of theirs. And uh, it's just – I watched that video and I 100% believed everything Doug Polk said and thought the guy he was talking about was a giant piece of shit, even though I didn't know him. He yeah. sold it like a, like, like Daniel day Lewis. <laughs> yeah. No, not that guy. Andrew It was different. Um, and I want, I, I, I wish I could remember. So maybe you could watch the video and someone, and you could tell me if I'm crazy. Cause if that's true, like if actually he's the bully in this situation, that is some, that is some psych psychotic behavior. That if he could pull off that acting role. Well, but I would say, Brian, like that's that's not an unfamiliar dynamic to content creators, right? Like I if I, I can get on camera and if I say things confidently and I build up some kind of logical or plausible case, like you can convince people of a lot of things. I mean, I got people to draft Sky Moore in the seventh round last year. No <laughs> one should have been doing that. Uh, <laughs> but but you you know what I mean? Like in Doug is a great storyteller. He's great at packaging his his videos all of that stuff it's not surprising to me that the stuff he serves up people kind of gobble up without maybe critically you know um thinking through i i agree i agree 100 with that but it, i'm telling you this video was you know an either a master class in acting you know the doug the uh the daniel granule poker master class Polk should do one with acting if this is if this act if this uh, accusation's true. Yeah, yeah. It it was over the it was overboard uh, on on how persuasive he was at least for me. Let's let's set aside 
the stuff uh, about where Polk's in the wrong or not. And just think about this pragmatically. Is if, Ben, oh, ben Talleran? I think it might have been Ben Talleran. Oh, okay. Yeah. That name sounds familiar, but I don't remember the story. He bashed Ben Talleran after their business agreement. I'm almost sure that's it, too. Okay. Um, so, yeah, there's a Ben Talleran video on on Polk's channel where he where he bashes him. I think he does it multiple times, but there's one specific one where he does this whole so- soliloquy of of their what happened, the ebbs and flows of the relationship and how abusive this other guy was. Yeah. And how it made him feel and like it really hurt him. Yeah. I was like, man, man, I feel bad for you. And it I mean, it, here's what the story, you know, this is what Phil says. They they keep getting they keep uh getting brought up in conversation. Lug has has come after countless people. So in his words, he came after this Ben Tolerant guy. So I think that's a specific, I, and I haven't heard anyone say anything in, on Twitter about yeah. it, but I was, I watched that like two years ago, probably. Yeah. And I was, and it, and it was surprising when I saw Phil write about it in this, he spit, cause you didn't have to mention that. You could just do Daniel, Charlie, right, blah, 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 yeah. Berkey now, which we haven't touched on yet. And, but he specifically mentioned him, which makes, which, which it's great. It's, I mean, I don't know. You, I sound like a madman here. Unless you see the video, you don't know what I'm talking about. Anyways, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, I think Phil was just trying to show a pattern of behavior across a ton of different, you know, situations where it's like the same stuff pops up over and over sure, again. Sure. But like this one specifically would not be one that you would bring up. This mm. would be one where he was abused. Yeah. And to just to to mention it, I'm not disagreeing with Phil, by the way. I'm, I'm yeah. just saying it's like it's surprising that he would, if he he put he put that in there purposefully, is what I'm saying. So yeah. his story on that, Phil is either not buying, or, or something, and then the acting job. Then now, listen, two people could have different sides of a story, and maybe he really really did feel hurt and all this other stuff he says in that video. You know, this is entirely possible. But I, it just it just struck me as a name that he brought up that he didn't have to. That's like, God, what a f- this guy might be a psycho. Yeah. But uh, what I was going to ask is like, what do you think? Because Doug Polk has been quiet on social media, even in his post Galfond reference. Like, I'm sure Doug is going to cut up all these clips, making fun of me. Like, that has been his defense mechanism to criticism previously. Is like, sure, you could probably make a pretty funny video uh, attacking Phil Galfond, although he's pretty well liked in the industry. But I'm betting Doug and his team could probably find a way to do some playful jabbing. Do you think he takes that line, or do you think? He says, hey, this is actually too big. I'm talking like strictly like if you were on his PR team, like how would you be advising him to handle this situation? I don't know. He's not in not a good spot. Um, hmm. I don't know. I mean, he tried that apology video. That didn't work. Yeah. Right, because it basically – people were saying this isn't enough. This is not reflective of the damage that was done. This is years too late. You need to do more. Yeah. Um, which there's, it, there's now, yeah. element of when the mob comes for you though, it's never enough. True. Definitely. Yeah. You're never, you could keep doing, you could do a series of shows and there will yeah. still be people that say right. it's not enough. I think, I think it's just interesting to see how he approaches this because normally what, what, it's been comedy. To, well, I, I don't have any, what would you, would you, if you seriously were being paid hundred grand a year to be on his team, what would you tell him? I mean, I, I definitely would not, um, 
I would definitely not be firing back with a, a comedic video because a lot of the stuff too, and people were referencing the Twitter spaces and Phil Galfond references that too. And there's some audio of it where he doesn't come across good. And right now I think, I feel like he's on the defensive, you know, with stuff. And I would probably take my L here, honestly, because I think it's gotten so big that you're losing kind of the general public sentiment in the poker community being on your side. What if you go, what if you say something like, like I respect, I respect Phil, but Ben Tolerant's a piece of shit. Alex Torelli is X, Y, Z. Daniel shouldn't have said Morick is better. We've patched things up and I have my problems with Berkey. What are you going to do? You know, you just kind of like, don't apologize, stand your ground. I think that would be bad for him. Like reception wise he's, he's got no, nothing deal nothing deal breaking here except this charlie guy yeah i don't think anything's well, deal breaking here is it because there's no sexual stuff there's no no racism. no there's 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 no like this would probably fall under like getting soft canceled right where yeah. just people there's such a groundswell of like hey we don't want to support Doug Polk, you start to see a trickle down effect of people saying, I don't want to go play at the lodge. Maybe the two nicest guys in poker, Andrew Nimi and Brad Owen say, Hey, we don't want to be associated with Doug. If he keeps doubling, tripling down on these beefs. And now it's too much reputational, you know, uh, contact high for us. Like that's where I think it would really start to get him. If there were kind of tangible results, everyone goes to uh, what's uh Phil site run it once. Everyone's leaving there for upswing. Like, if it actually happened in the like the dollars and downloads and networking aspect, that that would be meaningful to Doug. What well, what about like a version of what I said, but uh, uh, a letter response to Phil on his Substack or wherever he wants to post mm -hmm. his up website? But just like like I said, where where he's like, I have to disagree with Phil on on the Ben case. This is what he did to me. Here's my video of me sharing my soul on what happened. I disagree with on this case. Here's the video of what I think happened, you know, and I've apologized to Charlie and I'm going to do it again. Something like that, you know? So you like, yeah, yeah. So I, instead of I, a pattern I think, of abuse, it's a disagreement on perception. Yes. Although the problem is, is for every example he comes up with to debunk, someone can point to another example of him doing. And so that's why I think it's more saying like, Hey, I've made some mistakes. Some of this stuff I felt was justified and was me calling out things, but I am going to make a concerted effort to change <laughs> the tone in the tenor of how I handle these situations going forward, knowing that they've had a negative impact on people's lives. I mean, if, if the professional athlete, that's exactly what they should say. Yeah. I mean, that's I what mean, they do say and they never mean it. Well, again, the court of public opinion will quickly judge him on future actions, whether he's, you know, holding up to that promise or not. Yeah, I think that, like I said, I think when they come for him, they're going to do it either way. I think with that statement, either way, if they're 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 done with him for the most part, everything he posts is going to get ratioed. Yeah, regardless of that, even my even mine, the which was basically similar to yours, just more long form response uh yeah i don't think that would work either either you're gonna get ratioed or you're not i think he's kind of fucked i think i don't think he would do a written thing just because i think in general you play in the sandbox you're most comfortable in which for him is going to be like a scripted and well edited video would be my guess how he would respond where galfon's not going to feel like if those two did a debate where they prepared like 
Doug would probably come across a little bit better on camera, a little more confident, a little bit more battle tested, like on screen, whereas Phil's going to feel much more comfortable articulating his thoughts. So that I'm, I'm guessing if we see any response, it'll be a Doug video and, or maybe he does get together with Joey and they do like an interview fireside chat type thing. I think that's where he will ultimately do some kind of response, mm. but knowing Doug, even though it might be best for him to just like lay low and let this go away, I think even still the little content, you know, wheels will be turning for him and be like, let me just make some lemonade out of these lemons. Let's make, I'm some trying to think there. like a scumbag here's so here's what I would do. If uh, put your scumbag uh, hat on Pete, you pick out the one that's least accurate of the accusations and then just fucking hammer it. And go like this is not right. They're wrong. They're wrong on this. And then and then from there it it sowed seeds of doubt. Yeah. So it's like they're wrong about the Ben Tolerant one. Why you know why do you believe them on anything else? Right. Well, and I think the the problem is is now there's so much like public evidence for some of this other stuff that you don't have as much plausible deniability. But you there. give your allies True. a talking point. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is just a really. A really interesting spot um i think for doug now because so many people and too like there's a reason he has such a massive following because he's made consistently entertaining content for a long time and has built up a fan base who who enjoys that kind of content um so i i will be fascinated to see how he handles it uh i don't personally think Doug is like innately cruel. I think cruelty is a byproduct of his marketing and how he approaches his business stuff. And that's not letting it off the hook, but it's just saying that I think like, even this is a really dumb example, but like Brian and I, before the show every week, we're like, uh, what do we want to talk about? You know, generally the day of, you know, do we have any <laughs> topics? Like, I know that if I just put like, uh, Pete and Brian talk about whatever, like you, a lot of people aren't going to want to click on that, right? Like you got to bring people in somehow and normally you try to deliver on it you know people will call it clickbait but it's like hey if we say we're going to talk about a dfs pro who vanished or whatever we're going to talk about empire maker you know disappearing from twitter like so you you do have to play that game of why should people watch your content why do you pull them in doug's really good at that but you also know the most effective things are often sensationalized are often drama fueled and if there isn't drama kicking around the content creator sitting here saying, hey, I can't just fire up a live stream about a couple of hands at the lodge last night. I need something that's going to rocket a view into 100,000 million view territory. And I think that's where you get in trouble trying to reverse engineer content for clicks on drama that isn't actually there. So then are you saying that this isn't like a pattern of what, what's the term? What would the term be? You know, I want to say you know, abusive or whatever, uh, you know, like a personality disorder type of thing. You, you don't think it has that element to it. You just think it's, he's trying too hard at clickbait. And I think it goes back to, I thought you nailed it when you said he's one of those kind of guys that wants to win at all costs. He's just, I am going to win and you get in my way. I'm going to bulldoze you and bury you because I am a winner. And he's won at like everything he's done. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I mean, I I'm leaning more towards you get like super obsessed with it and maybe someone getting in your way yeah. is would you, you have to like get them out of your life because they're taking time away from you becoming awesome at this. But well, let me give you an example, Brian, if I wanted to, 
you know, have you seen that account, uh, Fantasy Receipts? Have you seen that account? Yeah, around? yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's just like it says. It's like freezing cold takes, but specifically for the fantasy community. Um, the account is really shitty. Not the premise of it, but the execution of it is just like really bad. And it's now not even doing like good. It's just like scraping the bottom of the barrel trying to find dunks. When And like, trust me, there's plenty of dunks. Yeah, that you can I saw a siege one the other day. Yeah, it, 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 like, you know, when, when Draft Cheat does the siege dunks on some of the ridiculous takes, like that's like <laughs> warranted. But I'm telling you this account, the execution is awful. But my point was this. If I wanted to do a fantasy receipts-esque video, I could do a montage. I could call it the worst fantasy takes of 2023 or the worst fantasy takes of 2022. I could pull together clips of people staying stuff on podcasts, tweets, and just burying people for being idiots. I bet you I could get that video to 50, 100,000 views on my account. No problem. Yeah. Is that the kind of account in business or content I want to be making? Yes. No, <laughs> absolutely I mean, yeah. not. But I know that that would be a path for far more views than me, like breaking down Karain's fucking $3 million best ball <laughs> roster. But you make, you sell your soul to the content devil when you know certain types of content will outperform others. And once you've tasted that forbidden fruit of the million view video, you start to say, what are my paths there? And often the path of least resistance is being a fucking asshole. Yeah. Okay, I mean you're you're selling me. You're selling me. When I read the Gail Fon piece, though, I was leading more. There's a there's there's something wrong with this guy's personality, and people just didn't realize that he's like abusive to a bunch of people. Mm -hmm. And where there's smoke, there's fire. So if like four or five people are publicly saying things that bullying or whatever the hell we're calling this, yeah, that maybe there's ten, maybe there's fifteen, maybe there's twenty. Uh, but I do like your your. If we go back to the PR guy, uh, I yeah. kind of like that angle that you're laying out. Uh, you know, you're not you're not. He's not going to please anyone. I basically think the majority here is he's either going to get ratioed or he's not, and there's nothing he can do about it. And maybe a year from now, people will forget about it, or maybe they won't. Yeah. So I don't think. But if he is going to craft something, something along those lines, I think should be a piece of it where he's going, where he's going. Like I, I, you know, in my quest to, to, to get followers or whatever, I went over the line. In, it's hard to, yeah, go ahead. And no, and just to kind of drive home the point of it always being like content based and through the lens of sacrilegious saying Doug's very smart and his primary focus is to win at all costs. Like as an example, he covered, um, who is the cheater at the stones casino? What was that guy's name? I'm blanking on it. Oh God. Possible. Uh, yeah. Possible. Uh, Hostile, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and so that story was just juicy enough and meaty enough on its own to drive views and drive clicks. You could literally just approach that from a pure investigative standpoint, similar to how Joey did all the live streams. It wasn't like Doug was digging up, you know, stuff on his ex-wife's family and posting their address and trying to like bury this guy. It was just like, no, there's enough drama and intrigue here that I can cover the case at face value, and that'll get a ton of views. When that stuff is in the news, that's easy content fodder. You're like, that's fish in a barrel. When that stuff isn't happening and you're sitting here trying to storyboard what kind of video can I make that gets a million views, that's when you start to get into dicey territory. Would you – let's say Postal somehow got totally redeemed, which I don't think is possible, and it did seem like he was cheating me. But would then – would you go like, oh, Joey Ingram, what a piece of shit, you know? 
wow, I can't be, believe he did a hundred videos on this postal guy. So like, I, I don't you, know if that's what's going on here though with Doug. Doug definitely seems more like they're, they're claiming vendetta and stuff. I think we're being maybe a little too, too nice to at least the claims of the other side here. Well, I would say in your example, if that came out, Mike Postle was absolved. He did nothing wrong. There was all this like, and no, I, I want to play out that hypothetical. Yeah. It would be, to me, it would be, how do those guys respond? Like, because again, I feel like you would fire, fire up a live stream. You were covering this in depthly. You're like, holy shit, there's all this new evidence. This is where I was wrong. This is where I was jumping to these conclusions. This is crazy. And like, basically, you know, the same way the New York Times does a fucking correction, you know, two days later, like you got to offer that up. If you dig your heels and say, Hey, I don't believe this, or this is bullshit or whatever, then I think that loses credibility. But if you come out and say, Hey, there's new information that I didn't know at the time. And now I'm going to take the L on that or my conclusion. I think that's fine. Right. Yeah. yeah. Which, which is why I think this, the, the accusations, if that's the right word are different, slightly different with bullying. Cause that's more targeted. Yeah. It, well, and I think too, that's what it's like you were mentioning too. Like no one thing here is like, Doug's going to get canceled. He's going to get deplatformed or whatever. I think it's because they're, we're, it's back to our, our joking title about toxicity and poker. I think that's what people are just rejecting of like, Hey, do we want to continue to go down this path where all poker content is just all, all of us shitting on each other and going even yeah. beyond stuff that happens at the poker table. And then that goes back to the thing we talk about with DFS and like poker. At the end of the day, there's not that much interesting stuff. It's like we're moving toward a solved game that really super smart people have figured out how to beat. And there's not that much else to talk about unless we're all fucking fighting with each other. For, for sure. I wonder, I wonder, and also to, like I, we started at the top, social media now and poker is just a huge uh, you know, huge bomb thrown into the whole media ecosystem. But I wonder if it's also modern people, dare I say woke people, uh, you know, who, who, who also like to shame and call out uh, bad behavior as they see it, adding, adding to the um, like the, uh, the visibility of it. Yeah. Where, you know, in 2012, they would have been like, you know, grow up, you know, <laughs> shit happens. Yeah. Deal with it. Um, accusing someone of, and I think the, uh, the line that people had here was the guy was actually a victim of abuse. Uh, but like, you know, this might be, a seen as, you know, a, uh, callous take, but like if, if he was doing a joke or something like that, like you can't know everybody's history of their entire lives. I'm not saying that he should have done the joke in the first place, but like, you know, you can't, you can't, you can't like make a joke about a car and it's like, Oh my, my parents died in a car crash. Like, well, I, sorry, I didn't, I don't fucking know, yeah. you know, or whatever, a plane joke. No, my, that's how my uncle went last year. It's like, so, sorry, dude. But like, you know, it's just a stupid plane joke. Like you can't be responsible for everything. Dude, that reminds me of, I'm going to tell a very random aside story that is exactly what you're describing. I was in uh, a college trip uh, when I was in college and a few of my buddies went to New York City. And one of my buddies, um, high school friends, it was this girl that he hadn't seen since high school, lived there. 
And he was like, I think she's kind of into me. Would you guys mind like wingmanning for me one night when as he and he's hitting it off with this girl from high school? He hasn't seen whatever. I'm talking with her friend, just play, and I'm I'm with Lauren at the time already. So I'm just just being like a good wingman, yeah. keeping her friend. Yeah. We're going and we're gonna go back to her apartment and we're gonna like watch a game and he's gonna like hook up with the high school girl and like everything's going swimmingly. And we are on the metro or whatever. And I make some like joke. I don't know. I literally don't remember the conversation, but I made a headgear joke. Like, you know, when you have braces and like the kids were doing this and the girl looks at me, the one I was like wingmanning for. And she was like, I had a headgear when I was a kid and it was the most traumatizing experience of my life. And I kid you not, before they even got to their stop, she grabbed, she grabbed her friend off of my friend's lap. She's sitting on his lap on the Metro as they're heading back to hook up, pulls her off the Metro. It storms off. And my buddy John is looking at me. What did you just do? And I oh. said, I made a headgear joke that I didn't know I couldn't make. Um, so yes, to your point, there are sometimes there's jokes you can't make that you wouldn't know you shouldn't make. Yeah. Yeah, all the time. I, I have one I want to say so badly, but I can't. It's not appropriate. And I'll tell you. That. Yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, Zach asking, did you see the bar stool, the Mincy, one of their talents, I think said a racial slur on a video, and then Penn Street or Penn Gaming said they had to fire him and Portnoy was trying to defend him. Oh, yeah. I, so I saw the tweets. I c- couldn't tell um, parody from truth with him. And I yeah. saw he was shitting on this Mitzi guy. And I just figured like, he doesn't he do that with all his employees. And yeah. I didn't know there was, there was something behind it. And then I saw, again, I can't tell Perry to truth with him. He, he took his cancel, cancel culture shirt off the bar stool. <laughs> I, I, I didn't see that much stuff. Uh, so it must be I, a response to this Mitzi situation. I, I just watched the video and it was basically Dave saying, I wouldn't have fired this guy if it was up to me. In fact, I was trying to fight for him to stay employed. But when we sold our company to Penn Gaming, that is a regulated sportsbook operator, we know that we were going to have to live and die by their decisions. And if they're worried about getting their licenses pulled and they say we need to put up this sacrificial lamb or, or fire this guy, then we just have to say yes. And that was the deal we made when we sold the company. But to make sure the fans know I am okay with, you know, slip ups involving racial slurs. I want you to know I did pound the table to keep them here, but uh, my hands are tied was kind of like the extent of the video. Interesting. I mean, even the whole foods guy, why is his name uh, blanking on Howard? Um, even be so owns whole foods. So like even like multi-billionaires are owned by trillionaires, you know, these days. Yeah. And what are you going to, what, I mean, what are you going to do? Right. They they own the company. You don't become worth a hundred million dollars without selling to a billionaire who's going to give you a hundred million of their billion. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then when they go, I don't like that. What, what can you say what he, or in a roundabout terms, what did he say? Does anyone know? I I legit, it said he was reading song lyrics instead of racial slur. So I just assume it was the, Oh Oh, God, those are so annoying. It's like, yeah. I mean, obviously, you you gotta stop you stop there if you're around people or something. But like, why is he reading song? Okay, whatever. Well, um, and this goes back to the thing too of like Barstool does themselves no favors, right? Because people are on pins and needles waiting for Barstool to mess up because their history of behavior like weaponizing their audience. And so when they do, the pitchforks come out. My guess is if it was another company with a better track record, maybe the company 
is able to apologize and suspend the employee as opposed to firing them. Like I do think it is a specific byproduct of how people in the media view Barstool and they're like, shit, we are just going to get raked over the coals. We have to do something quickly. I mean, I understand the logic you're using there, but then why buy Barstool initially? Like, you know exactly what they are. And if you're going to, yeah, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Kitchen saying he was a big, I, I was, I've seen like a couple of his, uh, of his clip, but yeah, when big corporations take over edgy entities, there's no. Yeah. But then why buy him, Dave? You know, like, uh, yeah. What, I mean, these fucking corporations, they buy shit and ruin it brands yeah. all the time so i don't know why i'm even well, i mean yeah. on paper right like it makes so much sense if you ran a sportsbook company the number one demographic i would want placing bets on my site would be the barstool audience literally that would be the number one demographic i would choose a massive group of bros with disposable income who are fucking dumb as shit like that's <sighs> the most perfect audience you could ever have to bet on on your platform How dare you attack the stoolies like that <laughs> Oh no, I love the stories. I think everyone knows that they're not the uh the brightest uh bulbs out there. I th I think it's like um an, another thing too is you got to you, you don't want to bite the hand to feed you here. You know? Uh so like if they are a bunch of a bunch of dummies, you know, you don't you don't want to you don't want to uh, offend their sensibilities. Then you then you lose all the money you paid for when 25% of them leave, you know? Yeah. And honestly like you know, Portnoy can act like they're so sad about having to let this guy go, but this this is a win. No, I don't want to say a win-win for them, but like it's no shirt off their back. They they to Penn, they say, Hey, we fired the guy, we did what you said, and then you can go on and tell your fans, I didn't want to fire him. We would have let this go, but um, and so then they say, Oh, yeah, that's the Dave we know, that's the barstool we know. Like from a PR perspective, he's going to emerge from this unscathed. You know, that company's gone downhill. Ever since they let go of Chris Spaggs. <laughs> hey, their their loss is splash plays gain. Uh, the, yeah. uh, is the cancel cancel uh, culture t-shirt removal, is that a bit he did too? I can't tell. They were like the tweets were back to back. But I like, I, I mean, that was kind of more what I was saying too is like, you, you know, you're saying Penn, it's not a big deal for them. And like, and then like, sure, it, it could, but like eventually, you know, uh, grains of sand can make a heap right so if you like you know i'm assuming a bunch of stoolies probably don't like cancel culture and that's why he was selling oh, those sure. shirts and For so sure. if you would go like fuck you guys we're taking the shirt out too now and then you just keep eventually the stoolies are gonna go like you know what you're a sellout dave we're not wasting our money on your sportsbook anymore we'll go waste it at dk yeah and then you know it's so funny that the way these uh conversation topics like ebb and flow but like the reason I don't actually think Stoolies will ever like vote with their wallet or stop is because they are so obsessed with the reality television show that is Barstool Sports in general. And the genius of that platform is how they have let everyone in on like a very like interpersonal level of someone mentioned like this is what Bravo does for trying to get drama. It's like that's what Barstool has done. The genius of Barstool is that it's a reality show. And that goes back to I think the kind of content that people like, and it's like, I think that's why they're ultimately away able to get away with being slightly more corporate with their sponsorships is because they do continue to just pull back the veil and let everything transpire in front of people in a way that people feel a part of it, whether they like it or not. Sure. Yeah. I mean, they've clearly done a good job for what they were trying to accomplish. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think the co- I think it's really just as simple as the corporation is putting their foot down. Yeah. And who knows where it's going to end up. I mean, this is kind of a side uh, corollary, but like, you know, with the recent Bud Light advertising thing where they're, they had to f- fire a bunch of their uh, VPs. Apparently, it didn't go over so well. They're losing a whole bunch of uh, sales this quarter. Um, like, I think it's kind of similar. Like, what do you think Bud Light drinkers are kind of like? Yeah. <laughs> you know, what do you think stoolies are kind of like? You know, what, like what do you think they kind of like or don't like? Huh? Anyone we- there? Anyone there say that? Have we painted the portrait, Brian, of uh, Bud Light drinking, barstool watching, yeah. Doug Polk subscribing, yeah. 28-year-old bro? They're wearing the cancel culture yeah. shirt, drinking yeah. a Bud Light, yeah. watching the latest uh, Doug Polk video. Yeah. Oh, well, here, here's my question. Let's do another hypothetical here. What if Dave was the one who slipped up and said the racial slur on barstool airwaves? They're not doing shit. It's it's like the the star player, right? Gets like a four game suspension, but the bench warmer gets released from the team. Kind definitely, of yeah, definitely. And I also I have no problem with that. <laughs> <That's> like, <laughs> life's not fucking fair, you know. What I mean, if you're making me money, then you get you get more chances. I mean, um, I could understand that mindset, anyways. Geez, Kitchen, I didn't know you were such a stoolie, man. You seem to know every inner working. Uh, look at, okay, you guys are better stoolies than me. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, so what what am I missing here? He did what? I, they're inferring that he did um, what the guy who oh, got fired did. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. So, yeah, I, oh, I so we're right. Yeah, he did. Guess it got uh, to shoved under the rug there. Yeah. Well, it's, honestly, song lyrics, I don't know the situation, so I don't want to get in trouble. Someone's singing a song lyric. I think you could fire him for that. Please don't. Please don't. I, I mean, I, I would like to see you just in general do song lyrics around here, Brian. Like yeah. maybe we could have a Lulz karaoke night. Um, yeah. like Good, lucky for you, I know not yeah. one lyric from any rap song ever written. So <laughs> we're safe. <laughs> Lord, Lord's been getting so mad at me because I like I just don't have a musical bone in my body, and I can't like I just can't remember lyrics and melodies. Like I. I, I can memorize blocks of text. Well, like, you know, like it, when I was a kid, like Bible verses, I memorized the shit out of those, but something with melody, it just does not work in my brain. And so now we have all these toys, right. For April that play these little kid songs on repeat. And I'll be like singing along and butcher some of the lyrics, a song that Lauren has now legit heard like 300 times. And she gets so mad at me. She's like, how do you not know that the lyric goes all the animals at the animal fair? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. Like it just has it snuck its way into my ear at this I point. swear that's, <laughs> I swear that's genetic. Yeah. Like, you know, some people can hear notes more clearly and, you know, just debate whether perfect pitch exists. And uh, I'm the same way as you. So like, Beatles songs, for example, right? Like I love, I, you know, I don't, I don't listen to them much anymore, but I used to listen to them all the time, have their posters and everything. And I was a, a guitar teacher, could play every single Beatles song. Yeah. Can't remember their fucking lyrics of the Beatles. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I do it. I'm with you on stuff like that. Not all of them. Not like, obviously like I could remember most of them, but sometimes I'm like, I don't know which, which uh, verse this one goes in. I yeah. can't, I couldn't understand. Um, you know, you know, and there's classic, uh, songs where people get the lyrics messed up, uh, mixed up. But yeah, I anyway, anyways, I have, I think it's the genetic and I have the same, the same gene. 
I never feel more stupid than when I'm trying to uh, sing like a very, very famous song and I'm forgetting basic lyrics. It just or like, you ever played rock band or karaoke? And yeah, yeah. You actually, see the lyrics. You're like, that's yes. what it was. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, now Lord, Lord will catch me cheating now because often on Spotify too, there'll be like a lyric thing. Like if you have it on your phone. And so the lyrics were there and Lauren will be like, holy shit, you know, the lyrics to these songs. And then she's like, oh no, you're reading them uh, right there off of the phone. I'm like, yep, you caught me. Uh, breaking news here before we wrap up. Uh, Darren Rovell is on the case. Uh, 560 million, what Penn has lost on paper today as stock is down 13%. 551 million, what, pay, what Penn paid for 100% of Barstool. So, so Barstool stock actually taking a hit to your point. Are these stoolies upset? in dumping their stock because uh, they're embracing cancel culture? Hmm. I I wouldn't think so. Uh, even though that was my idea, I wouldn't think it would be that hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, uh, I don't know. If it is, though, I love I You know, I love it. it. We do live in a clown economy, Ryan. Yeah. So uh, there it is. Uh, a fun lulls uh, episode there. Great to get back to our roots talking uh, toxicity here. Yeah, I'm did sure we, we do it? Did we, we did. finally solve toxicity in the poker community? Hang on. Let's do this. Let's just both look at the camera um, and just make a plea to poker. Nate. Guys, can you just stop with the toxic shit? Like, can you just go back to talking about ranges and blockers and, <laughs> you know, big pots? <laughs> didn't we have what was our we had a bit what was our bit i can't remember any of our our lulls uh league of legends bits we used to have we used to have some well the 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 reason the whole toxicity thing started is because the league of legends hardcore fans who also casually played dfs they got so mad when the dfs bros came in with their optimizers and solve their game in like six slates. And they're like, and they wanted to have their cake and eat it too. They like wanted the bigger prize pools and they like want all the fish coming in who are now playing it. But then they would get really mad about like, well, these guys are using optimizers to, <laughs> to make life. It's like, yeah, <laughs> we, we are. So I, I just remember them really being mad. at the I, I remember like there. anyone could say like the most benign thing in chat like I'm, yeah. you know, you know, th this show's a little boring and no toxicity. No, and it is everyone <laughs> yeah. gangs up on any comment. Those are the good old days. Yeah, the good old days. Uh, Brian, anything going on in your neck of the woods? I know we're on a upcoming uh, best ball streams. You got some cool stuff going on with the uh, the draft caddy here that we might be able to debut soon. It had to switch developers, so it's put us a month behind. So hopefully next week That'd we'll be cool. have an update, a big update for for the best ball four and uh yeah we'll do it on stream here you know, yeah people in the chat were saying how how is peter uh affording to not draft as i you know am on my quest to live stream all 150 of my drafts don't worry we will be drafting some teams on lulls uh this summer for sure yeah definitely uh, um all right audio will be up uh shortly yeah. Um, I actually need to touch base with you about my schedule next week, Brian. My parents are going to be in town, so my schedule might be a little wonky, um, but I will touch we'll base with out. you. We'll figure it out. Um, appreciate you guys all in the chat. Stay safe out there. Stay non-toxic, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Peace.
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.